Would you please stand with me as we read from the word? But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. The word of God. Please be seated. Welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, week two of our More Life series. It's in correlation with the Lift Project week two as well. And the, the theme for this second week is motion creates emotion. Repeat after me, motion creates emotion. If you haven't heard about the Lift Project quite yet because we haven't talked about it enough, please feel free to jump into one of our groups. It's not too late. We're just in week two. You can easily catch up with week one. Jump into a group, or if you want in your family, you can just watch it at home and do it together. Since motion creates emotion, obviously what we're doing this week is moving a lot. Take your family for walks in the, in the evening. Take your friends, take your roommate who might need this to de-stress the first week of school. But it's a great way to get our feelings and our emotions in check. And if you don't have any other possibility, there's no groups you can join and, and you don't have a family unit that you live with, go, with, go on it independently. Take it on. Jump online and share with us all the things that you are experiencing and we will obviously respond. This week, Dr. Darren Morton talks about how dynamic movement can help, can have a real effect on your emotions. Intentionally moving can change the way we feel. He gives a couple reasons why, and one of those is the proprioceptors, which are millions of tiny nerves distributed across our body that responds to position and movement. All over our bodies, we have these proprioceptors that are constantly being stimulated and shooting to our, our neocortex and going through our, uh, our limbic system. And so we're feeling, we're changing, we're thinking as we move. Um, one of its jobs is position and to help your body know where you are at all times. Here's a cool example that Dr. Morton did. He said, um, take your hand and someone invites you all to do it with me or just take your hand and put your finger up like this. Okay. And then uh, listen to the instructions before you do it. Close your eyes and then see if you can touch the tip of your nose. And if you're pretty confident, go in circles and then try to touch your nose. Ready? One, two, three. Close your eyes. Touch your nose. Did you get there? You got there. Did everyone get there? Most of you? Yeah. See, you see, there it is. These proprioceptors help us find our positioning, our, where, where we're at, where our body is moving. 
And every time we move, there is this, there is this uh, uh, shot of stimuli that heads up to our brain and says, hey, things are happening, and it releases endorphins. And so it gets kind of, it, there's this good feeling that we can have. Now, the signals of the proprioceptors on its way up, research shows, have such a powerful effect that even the ones on one's face can facilitate how we feel and where our emotions are at. So here's another example I'd like for you to do. Now, non-verbally, don't say anything to anyone else. I'd like you to just turn to someone and smile at them. Ready? Go. Turn to one more person and smile at them. How do you feel? Pretty good, right? Someone's like, I don't feel anything. That's because you're not smiling. It's amazing, right? I mean, just, just that little action alone, all the stimulus that shoots through us into our, into our limbic system and creates new emotions, it, it, it softens our, our space and our heart, and we begin to feel better already. So this week, move a lot and commit to actions that will lead your emotions positively. Take more time to smile. Smile at other people. Um, take time to, to uh, be in, in, in movement dynamically and get out there. It's, it's going to be good for you. But can this principle be applied to the collective Christian body? What does that look like for us as a church? The theologian, author, poet, pastor Eugene Peterson writes this. Feelings are great liars. If Christians worshiped only when they felt like it, there would be precious little worship. Worship is an act that develops feelings for God and not a feeling for God that is expressed in an act of worship. So Eugene Peterson here challenges us that the act to choose to actively go into worship will lend and create the emotions and feelings towards God that we need. We shan't wait until we feel like going to church. Don't wait for that day. That day comes maybe two or three times a year. Somebody say amen. If we just waited for the, for the pastor to, to finally get us roused in our spirit, if we wait for the praise team to finally lift our spirits, then, then it's really difficult for us to own our worship. But if we act in worship and prepare our spirit and come and engage, then in that space we might find our feelings change and our worship posture begins to fall towards Jesus. An act of worship, not a feeling of worship. Who but Thomas's story in the book of John chapter 20 can illustrate this any better? Thomas, that we know as doubting Thomas. Let's look at three things from chapter 20 that we just read and see where Thomas is speaking to us. Firstly, I think the first thing we should look at is that Thomas was known as a twin, not as a doubter. Thomas was a twin, verse 24. But Thomas, who was called the twin, or, or Didymus in Greek, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. That's how this passage, the story starts. If his community thought that he was a perpetual doubter, we can't tell from the text. From the text, Thomas is not known 
as a doubter, Thomas is known as a twin. Doubting Thomas dates back to somewhere around the late 1800s, and the meaning of doubting Thomas is somebody um, who is a skeptic, somebody who, is, who, who doesn't want to believe, somebody who's, who doesn't uh, take uh, the situation with, with a sense of formal, um, ob- like, formal, like, yes, I, I believe in this, right? So it, a skeptic. This is what a doubting Thomas means. We must be careful how we label people as we perceive them in moments of their life. How we label each other creates a bias in our minds and in the minds of those around us. Well, you know, she's a liberal. Oh, him? Mm, He is too conservative. Oh, that couple? Oh, oh, that couple? Oh. They're, they're vegan. <laughs> How we label each other matters. It creates a bias in us and those we speak to that could divide and break down. Thomas wasn't known as a doubting person in his community, according to the text. He was known as a twin. Could you imagine the disservice we do to Thomas's name across history because everybody who's got a problem or who's a skeptic or who doubts is now known and is associated with Thomas the Apostle? We must be careful how we label people as we perceive them in moments of their life. Was Thomas a skeptic or was he someone who just witnessed the death of his loving Savior and maybe reeling from that pain? Does he get to go down in history as a skeptic? Or is it okay for Thomas to be in a different place from everyone else that was in that room? Is it okay for him to feel his human emotions? Is there room for us all in this room, in this house, regardless of our experiences and our ideas at any given moment? And it should be okay for us to have doubts and different feelings and still do the courageous work of showing up together as a collective body. The church can say amen. So our feelings may at times lead us astray, tempting us to separate or to pull away, but we must move on in and let our emotions follow into that space together. We must be able to come in there and act it and be there and be in action and allow our feelings and our emotions to catch up to where we are. Now, verse 26, this is where I find uh, uh, another beautiful piece of gem. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. I believe the disciples are giving the most beautiful model of what it looks like to truly be a faith community. In this moment, when they're struggling and they're not sure and they don't have a way ahead, but they're together, I think that is the most beautiful dynamic model of what a church should look like. They're going through things, but they're sticking it out together. Second, so here they are modeling for us. We notice that in this portion, verse 26, the door was shut. 
It was a shut door. In some versions, it's a locked door. The door was locked. The word picture suggests that the mechanism of the barrier here is to hide them from those outside or keep them safe from those that might attack. So Thomas wasn't the only one who was scared and doubting in the room. Because while Thomas was in there with them, and he's known as doubting Thomas, the door was locked. Somebody locked that door, and it didn't say it was Thomas. Thomas was just the only one who didn't meet Jesus yet. So I get why Thomas is scared. He's scared because he hasn't seen Jesus on this side of resurrection. Why are the other disciples scared? Why are they nervous? They saw Jesus. Shouldn't they be open door? Hey, we're going to be good to go. No, everybody was in that. You know, and could you imagine if they were calling Thomas out while locking the door? Hey, Thomas, you're such a doubter, man. Come on, bro. Let's just, you know, hey, pull the couch over here. Put it in front of Thomas. Why? You know, it just doesn't make sense because they were going through things as well. This was a crazy time for the disciples. Thomas wasn't the only one who was frightened in this space. Their leader had just died. Uh, he may have shown himself to some of them already. The world was hostile against them. Everything in their life was topsy-turvy, but they were in the room together. The fact that there's no controversy or agitation among God's people should not be regarded as conclusive evidence that they are holding fast to sound doctrine. This is my girl, Ellen G. White. Her point here is to recognize that just because everyone in a room agrees and feels good and comfortable doesn't necessarily mean they're doing the right thing. A church space in a community can be agitated. We can be going through things. It can be a difficult time. We don't all have to agree, but if we're in the same space, God is still leading in beautiful ways. Together, all of us, you, me, all of us in this space, God is still leading. In other words, just because people look alike and agree on everything doesn't necessarily make them right. We can be agitated and shaken, and God still wants to be with us. I love my children. You know when I love them the most? When they're sleeping. Praise the Lord. Best times of my life. I stare at them while they're sleeping like, oh, you are the best. You obey me. You're quiet. You're out of my way. I love you. But I wouldn't want my children to sleep their lives away. If they're going to live to their potential, they've got to be awake. And if they're awake, it is troublesome in my house. They don't, all of their volume buttons are broken. Nobody knows how to turn down. You know, so they're yelling and then I'm like, hey, quiet down. And then they whisper really loud. I can still hear you. They leave a mess everywhere. They've got no personal space. Uh, no matter what I'm doing and where I'm at, one of them will just come and just crawl up on my body and just, you know, hey, Dad, I listen, I know you're, you're counseling some people right now, but, you know, I just want to tell you, I colored over there in pink. Great, get off me. The church can be a comfortable, quiet space where people seem to agree, but it might be a sleeping church. If we're going to be a church that's awake, and moving in our world, it's gonna get agitated. There are gonna be disagreements. There are gonna be spaces where we just don't see things the same, and yet we choose to sit in the room together. 
Jesus, it says in verse 26, came to them and said, peace be with you. Oh, the Lord showed up in their mess because that's what God does. When the people of God are willing to sit through it together, love through it together, talk through it together, cry together, disagree together, live life together, Jesus shows up and says, peace be with you. So a week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. And here's my third point. And then I'm going to land the plane so that we can go to potluck. Somebody say potluck. Amen. Amen. All right. Here's my third point. A week passes by from that initial time when Peter says, uh, uh, sorry, when Thomas says, uh, I won't believe it until I touch Jesus myself. A week passes by and the disciples were in the house again. And here's what verse 26 says. And Thomas was with them. So Thomas had made the proclamation that he doesn't have the experience with Jesus, that he's in a, in a totally different place from everyone else in that room. But a week later, when they come back to the room, Thomas is still there in the room with them. Oh, that's beautiful. That's just beautiful to me. That's comforting to me. That reminds me that you and I don't have to be in the same experiential place with God to be here together. We can be on different parts of our journey. Thomas showed up even though he had his doubts. He didn't allow his feelings to get in the way of his actions. He got up, he moved, he came back there to be with them. His proprioceptors must have been working overtime because he was taking actions that his heart and his mind really wasn't feeling. I don't know if I should go back there. Those people, you know, they, they don't know what I'm going through. I, you know, I'm the only one in that room who seems to have a different view and perspective. I don't know if I want to go there. And, and how do I know Jesus is alive? I saw him crucified and died. I haven't seen him on this side. I've never seen anyone resurrect before. And, and Thomas could have easily just spiraled down to be by himself. But he says, no, feet get up. Feet, take yourself to that room because I trust, Thomas believes, he trusts that if he goes into that space together there with the others, that God would show up. It may be exhausting in your life right now. You may be going through some things. Maybe it would took all of the energy in you to get here today. And I want to praise God that you commanded your feet to get up. Because when you do, and we come and we sit together with all of our various differences and all of our greetings and disagreements, God shows up. Praise team, thank you. Can we give our big, our praise team a round of applause? We were led today by our university students. You are our students. You're not those from over there. You are ours. You are home. Welcome home. This is your place. We may not always do praise your way, but when you come lead us praise, we're going to follow you. I'll be honest. I don't know some of your songs. <laughs> I'm just faking it in the front row. People are like, look, he's so, he's so spiritual. No, I'm just, I'm acting that I may get there. Because my spiritual worship doesn't come when I finally get a song I like. My spiritual worship comes because I'm in the act of worship. 
We, as a body, don't always have to do things the same way or even agree. I saw Coral about a week, week and a half ago, one of our most precious members. She saw me. She was watching the sermon. My hair was down. That's Do y'all remember my hair when it was down like the Lion King? She came up to me that night. She said, hey, pastor, you know, I, love, I appreciate your sermon. She said, but I like it better when your hair's up. <laughs> Her and my wife are complete agreeance, man. They're, yes, put the hair up and away, right? I was, I, I was speaking to some young adults. And pastor, we love it when your hair is down. You just seem so free. Pastor Steve doesn't even like my hair. He wants me to shave it all off. <laughs> That's probably him clapping. And all of it is precious to me because you're all a part of me. We sit together. And whether, whether you like my hair down or up or sideways or shaved off, we can have this conversation as a family. And God is in our midst together. Despite seeing things differently, feeling unsure and agitated, he didn't stop going. He got up and moved on in. He told his feet to get up. His body posture stood. He made his way to the house. He may have had a ton of questions about what would happen in that room. He may have been doubting. He may have been feeling just, just separate and di distant from all these people that were there. But he chose anyway to go. And as he went, his spirit changed. And as his spirit changed, his eyes opened. And as his eyes opened, as it was here in the chapter, Jesus shows up. I wonder when we start our actions towards God together, if maybe something in our spirit changes and all of a sudden our eyes begin to open up to each other and there in our midst, we see Jesus. Too often we want to make enemies of others when we aren't where they are. Our feelings change towards people when they don't agree with us. The disciples sat together through it all. Can we together sit through it all? Pastor Ben texted me yesterday on, on my passage, and he said this to me. He said, yeah, choosing to stay in the house, Thomas was able to have his own encounter with Jesus in his own time. Just because we're all in different places on this journey with Jesus doesn't make any of us more worthy or better than everyone else. We're all at the same place. As we stay in the house together, we encounter Jesus in various ways and in various times. And the way that you've been encountering God in your life may look different from mine, but it's just as valuable and beautiful. And maybe you've had this fantastic flesh encounter with God where God just showed up and did something fantastic and fabulous and beautiful. I, I just had a conversation uh, yesterday with one of our members who, who uh, went to this um, uh, other place um, who's not as cool as our church, but was also a church and went into their prayer space and spent hours there and just had this like this beautiful awakening with God. And, and as, this, as this member shares it, my spirit gets excited because I didn't have that experience. But in this room together, it is good to have experiences with God that vary. That looks different. 
Because that's the makeup of how God blesses each of us. What defines us is not whether or not there is agitation or whether we agree on everything or not or in the exact same place in our religious and spiritual experiences. What binds us together is the love of Jesus. And that love imbues us to love one another through it all. And that very same love gives us the power to love others in this world. The words of one of my favorite choral pieces since I was in high school when we sang it for the first time has not left my soul. It's a song called In This Very Room by Ron and Carol Harris. I don't know if you've heard it before. But the words are, in this very room, there's quite enough love for one like me. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for one like me. And there's quite enough hope and quite enough power to chase away any gloom for Jesus. Lord Jesus is in this very room. Now, the song is very simple, but each time they sing the chorus, they change it just a little bit. And the second verse says, in this very room, there's quite enough love for all of us. And then in the third stanza, the words are the same, but in this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And, and I love the way it just begins to cascade out towards the greater world. First, we must, we must believe that there's enough love in this room for me to be a part of it and participate. Secondly, we must believe there's enough love in this room for all of us in all the different ways we participate. And thirdly, if we do believe this and act in this and move in this way, in this promise by faith, without our emotions and feelings, then the world should be able to find enough love because Jesus is here in this very room. For Jesus, Lord Jesus, whew, is in this very room. Oh, Jesus, that is what it's about. Where your story comes from is valuable and imperative to our collective story. We don't have to agree or see everything the same as long as we are committed to the love of God. There is a world that is outside of this church that is polarizing, that would like us to believe that everything should be us versus them, and if their label is not your label, they are they and not us. But the church never takes its cue from the world. Church, say amen. The world is to take its cue from its Jesus. And in all of our various diverse ways, we are in God's love when we choose to be here together. I close with this idea. Um, I went to Adventist education all my life. For those of you who have never been to Adventist, Adventist uh, education, congratulations. <sighs> you dodged the bullet. <laughs> For those of you who went to Adventist education like me, I'm sorry. 
And that's a joke. I loved my Adventist education. I love the experience. It's ups and it's downs. But you know what's funny to me about Adventist uh, schools is that all of our names pretty much ends with the word what? Academy. Yes. La Sierra Academy. La Melinda Academy. Glendale Academy. I went to Monterey Bay Academy. But every time we got together, it was as if we were parts of different gangs. Where are you from? MBA. Right? I don't know why we did that. Uh, for a church who um, we're proponents of nonviolence and non-competition, we were very competitive with each other. We were just passive-aggressively competitive. You know, we didn't play football. We played flag football. And then you grab somebody's, like, flag, and instead of handing it back, you just throw it on the ground and walk away. They made a rule against that because too many of us in the 90s, we had issues. We'd go to music festivals where we have the mass choirs. I don't know if you remember being part. I love that. We used to go to these huge, massive music festivals and all the choirs from your conference would come and you'd sing together, but it was always like, my choir is better than your choir. They'd be like, no, my choir is better than your choir. You want to fight about it? Yeah, let's go. You know, and then you'd be like, yo, it's my turn. Get them, dog, yeah. Why are we so competitive for no reason. I played basketball for my team, Monterey Bay Academy, and I had gotten in long before uh, I was an undergrad, um, I was a, a sophomore when I got on the basketball team. By my junior year, I was pretty much playing starting center, and around the conference, that was kind of my thing, like that was my identity. I'm the starting center, I'm the five, I'm the big guy. And schools would come, and we'd compete, and they'd kind of, they'd always have a little bit of like, oh, snap, it's icky, ah. Because there was no other Polynesians around anywhere else, so, you know, they were just scared of me because I was big and brown. It's racist. But that was my position. I was the five. My senior year, there was talk of this new guy who was coming up on the basketball scene. He was thin, slender. He was defined. He was six, seven. He was black, dark chocolate. Mm. And he had come from public high school. Now for Adventist folk, if you come from public high school, that's like coming from prison. <laughs> right? Because Adventist, we <laughs> like, wait, 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 wait. He came from he came from public school. Oh snap. How long was he in there? I didn't like this talk about this new cat coming in to play ball and who's going who's gonna to be the five, like the new star five around our conference. I'm that guy. That's me. So we got into a tournament up at uh, another school, university campus or, or college campus that's north of us. Uh, it's uh, La Sierra University North Campus, otherwise known as PUC. All of our teams were there. And it had to be our second game. We weren't very far down the line. We knew that we were going into the championship, the finals, and, and, and it was us, and, and their team gets on, and we get on the court, and I'm standing on the line, and he's standing in the middle center, and they're about to throw the ball up, and I look dead in his eyes. I didn't want to smile because I didn't want my proprioceptors going off, you know? I start feeling good. I might want to hug the guy. It's like, no, this is my house. And he looked at me, and he's just, this guy had so many teeth, he just smiled looking at me. I said, okay, 
let's go. Ball throws up in the air. I just jump. I'm hitting up. I'm getting right in that ball. And then all of a sudden, like lightning, he just passes by me. He glides up there like no problem. Gravity has no effect on him. Tips the ball gently and begins to run down to the other side of the court. I'm upset. I'm upset because I can't jump like that. I'm upset because I don't look that good in my jersey. I'm upset because I don't want him looking better than me. How dare he? I'm the school. I, I'm the guy. And so we get down into the block, and because I'm thicker, I got him locked back there, and there's no way he's getting around me. Not no way. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's defined and nice and smooth, but he's not strong. So I got him locked up behind me in the box out. Third play in, I jump, and I grab the ball, just swooped it down off the rim, and on my way down, he cuts underneath me, and I roll my ankle. And the thing just poosh, blows up. And I knew he did it on purpose. This guy was frightened of my game. He saw my big Tongan hair and was like, oh, snap. And in his fear, he cuts underneath me and messes my ankle up. And I get pulled off the side. They had to carry me off. And my ankle's huge. And the coach says, Icky, you're done. And they're trying to wrap it. And I said, no, coach, put me back in. Because my 18-year-old self believed that if I go back in and win this game, they'll never forget the game. They'll be talking about me for years and years. No one remembers this game. But they wrap me up and I try to get back in. I'm limping and it's sore and it's bad and it's hurting and they pull me back out. And at this person place, I am irate. I'm just upset. I'm watching him the whole time. And in my heart, in my mind, I just knew when I get better, I'm going to teach this guy a lesson. When I get better, he's going to know who I really am. When I get better, I'm going to teach him good. You know what happened to this guy? He married my sister. <laughs> yeah, I taught him a lesson. Now he's one of my BFFs. I'm blessed to have him in my life. He's got beautiful children who love my children. We see each other on a daily. His massive charisma. His Look at his smile. He's got like a million teeth in there. Look at it. This was us in high school. And I think back to this time. What if I let the worst of me come out because we were from different schools because we had different practices because he was from Sacramento and I was from LA I would have ruined the most beautiful relationship in my life today one of the most beautiful relationships and instead God had this beautiful vision something that was grander than the moment I was in. Sitting in the room together means sometimes we will feel irate and shaken. We might disagree. But it is the gospel that we sit with each other through it. That we love each other deeply and well. And that we see what God can birth in a room where we 
are together. Because in this very room, Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus.